need something or want to contact them or pray for them or encourage them, just uh, take a moment and do that as you pass through the lobby. Praise God. God is so good. I heard something the other day. I'm just going to share it. It totally has nothing to do with my message, but maybe it does because it's all the word of God. But Pastor Bill Clark was at a pastor's prayer meeting, and we were talking about who we are as believers. He said, you know what? Each one of us believers, we are four things. We are salt. We are light. We are leaven, or yeast, and we're water. We are salt, preservation, light, revelation, leaven, we're infectious, and water, refreshment, restoration. And that water is living water. We're not ponds, we're not lakes. We're rivers. We're streams. Each one of us is an individual stream. As we come together, that stream, something happens. Thank you, Elizabeth, for leading us so wonderfully this morning. You know, we can worship at home alone, but when we come together, that stream that each one of us is forms a river. That river begins to flow. And we all receive the benefit of that. Amen? Thank God for his presence here this morning. So It's so good to be back with you. Great to have Elizabeth back as worship leader. Praise God, it's been a while. You know, Nancy and I, we've been self-isolating since last April. Uh, She has some, had in the past some real serious lung issues, uh, and her doctors told her, yeah, this will kill you. So we thought, you know what, we're going to be extra super cautious and just avoid everything. So other than being outside with our family during the warm season, we have been alone in our home which actually is quite wonderful. <laughs> but you know, Nancy's hard every day. She only complains about 10 or 12 times a day about missing the grandkids. But uh, this last week, because we both received our vaccinations, and it's been a couple, few weeks now, we had grandkids in the house. And to see the smile on her face, I mean, I enjoy them, but to see the smile on her face, I enjoy that even more, because that brings her life. So it's good to be back. She's going to be with us in the next service. Maybe you can catch her on the way in or the way out. One of the reasons she said she didn't even want to come with a mask is she can't help hugging you all because she loves you so much. She said it's just too painful not to be able to hug. So we're getting there. We're almost there. We're almost there, right? March in Buffalo is a dirty month. It's not... It took, took me years to convince Nancy that spring does not begin in March. It's just, it's dirty, the snow's melting, all that crud along the road that collects, you know, it's all. Even the snow as it's melting is turning brown and then black. We live uh, just east of the uh, Eastern Hills Mall and east of a group home that uses a lot of adult diapers and things. And when the trash blows, we get the the leftovers from the shoppers that get un- change their clothes in the parking lot. <laughs> we get all the stuff coming down Sheridan Drive, and there's, we have a row of bushes along our driveway, which is a per- perfect place for all of that to stop. So one of my tasks is to, if I can't get the grandkids to do it, 
is to get in those bushes and get, get that stuff. You know, they think it's fun. Put some gloves on, go pick it up. But we know, you know, in, underneath all that trash, hope, hope springs forth. It's, it's there. You know, I'm always looking right by our front door. There's a tree, and around that tree are some crocus. And just about any day now, I'm going to see one of those pop up. It's like, yes, yes. That renewing of life is just so, so encouraging after a cold, hard winter. But March does have some great significance for me because 50 years ago, next week, on the 15th, the Ides of March, beware the Ides of March, Shakespeare wrote. 50 years ago, I asked Nancy to marry me. Ooh, yeah. And you, do you know what her response was? Let me think about that. I'll tell you later after work. Seriously, she made me wait all day before I got an answer. But that's a whole other story. We won't go there today. But fast forward with me to another march about, about 15 years later, as best as I can recall. It had been a cold hard winter. It was one of those where the snow never melted. And one of the nice things about Buffalo in winter is we might get three foot of snow. But usually, usually, that'll melt and we get more and then it'll melt and then we'll get more. This was not one of those years. This was a year where everything was frozen, solid, all winter. And our dog had been busy all winter. Our yard was not real big, our front yard. So one of the signs of the soon coming spring was a yard full of all the hard work that our dog had been doing all winter long. So I was out there, I didn't have a mask on, but with gloves on, just gingerly. You know, and it, it had, everything had frozen instantly, it was cold. So usually the work that the dog does kind of dries out, and, you know, it's not that bad, not this year. These were nice juicy, melty, (laughs) stick-to-the-shovel kind of dog treats. Uh, And you know what? i got to be honest. Even though I was a believer at the time, there was no evidence of Christ (laughs) in my heart. My attitude was a reflection of what I was picking up. It stunk. It stunk bad. And my conversation with God was... Along these lines, God, my life is busy between work. I was a letter carrier at the time, or a mailman as we used to call him. Uh, between work and serving the church and elders meetings and prayer meetings and small group. I don't have time for this. I don't want to be doing this. Josh wants to play catch and I don't have time because I'm out here scooping poop. Something's out of balance here. I don't like it. No gratitude in my heart at that moment. None whatsoever. No thoughts of the many blessings of God that I was experiencing. Nancy did eventually say yes. Think about it. We both loved the Lord. We had three beautiful sons. I had a steady government job. We owned a home in a great neighborhood with great families and lots of kids. And we had a wonderful dog. She was a really, really wonderful dog. But all I could do was complain. What was wrong with me? Let's look to God's word for some answers, okay? Father, thank you.
that your word is alive and powerful. It penetrates our hearts. It helps us, Lord, discern what's of us and what's of you, what's of the spirit, what's of the flesh. Reveals, Lord, our condition. It throws light on our relationship with you. So, Lord, we invite you. Holy Spirit, come and do that this morning, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let me say, many of you might not know, but Pastor Josh, with a whole bunch of guys from here, are in Alabama right now at the IM4 Men's Conference. Pastor Josh spoke yesterday, and Pastor Jordan sent me a text. Josh nailed it. So, uh, they're having a good time. And they're praying for us this morning. I got a text. Matthew 22. Verses 34 through 40, if you have your Bible electronically or otherwise, why don't you look there or look on the screen. It says, but when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees with his reply, they met together, the religious leaders met together again to question him. And one of them, an expert in religious law, tried to trap him with this question. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? And Jesus replied, after taking a drink, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor and yourself. Listen to this. The entire law And all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. The law and all the prophets based on these two commandments. Then in Matthew 25, beginning in verse 31, let me read you this. uh, We'll go down to verse 40. Jesus said, But when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in his presence, and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. This always bothered me because we never had sheep. We always had goats. But he placed the sheep on his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? Or stranger and show you hospitality? Or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. As I said earlier, I've always loved gathering with other believers to sing, to lift up praise, to lift up our worship to God, to express thanks, to give him praise for who he is and what he's done for me. But what I was totally missing that morning was knowing the truths found in these verses. The truth is, every act of service, everything we do, even the most mundane or disgusting tasks, 
if, we're, if we do them with the proper kingdom perspective, with the king's heart, worship. How many of you have jobs that are hard or difficult? How many of you have family members that are hard or difficult? How many of you have relationships that are hard or difficult? If we do it with the king's heart, it's worship. Loving your spouse when they're not acting lovely. When you want to kill them, bring them a sandwich. When she wants to kill you, bring her a sandwich. (laughs) Shoveling the widow next door sidewalk. Cleaning up your kid's vomit in the middle of the night. Or your dogs. (laughs) Remember another... (laughs) Earlier on, I don't think I was a believer at this point, with one of our first dogs, uh, I got up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, and I stopped in dog poop. Yeah, in the dark. Of course, I'm young. You don't have to turn a light on when you're young. It'd probably be a death sentence right now if I did that. So I'm walking. So now, now I'm like, <laughs> you know what happened, don't you? Squish. So now I'm like, you know, trying to... <laughs> get to the bathroom. Well, I didn't realize when I finally got to the bathroom and turned the light on that uh, the dog had been having episodes all night long. And it was just, yeah. I found out what the reason was and I gave her something to eat that she couldn't handle. But anyway, it was my fault. But having a, I did not have a good heart attitude that time either. Uh, you know, but it doesn't matter. It's all about our heart attitude. If we're preaching a message or leading worship or Uh, healing the sick, or coaching Little League, or leading a small group, or scooping poop. It all becomes worship when we realize who it's done for. I learned a phrase, a concept from one of my favorite teachers, Bill Johnson from Redding, California, from Bethel. He said, if God is truly number one in your heart, there is no number two. We can't love our spouse like number two. We have to love them in God. Loving our wife, loving our children, loving our dog, (laughs) uh, all has to flow out of our love for him. Because when, when everything we do becomes, is done in relationship with him, it's all worship. It's all worship. You can have joy in your heart cleaning the toilet. Remember years ago when we first came to New Covenant, Nancy was a fairly young but passionate believer. And one of the first things she did was clean the toilet in the pastor's lounge over in Englewood at our first uh, church building. And I remember her saying she felt the pleasure of God cleaning the toilet, on her hands and knees, scrubbing a toilet. She sensed the presence of God. She sensed the pleasure of God because she realized in serving the church body and serving the pastors, our then pastors, she was serving him. And she was able to experience the awareness, the flow, the goodness of his presence. There is no number two or three or number four. When I told Pastor Josh the uh, title of my message, he said, 
he, I didn't even get it. He said, yeah, you're talking about scooping up poop, and you're saying, there is no number two. <laughs> I didn't get it. Okay. Took me, it actually took me a couple hours before I said, why did he say that? Everything, with our, when our hearts are right, everything we do is done for the king. Everything becomes worship. You'll notice when Pastor Josh says, now we're going to sing, when we're, we're getting into the, what you normally would call the worship part of our service, he doesn't call it worship. Not because it's not worship, but because everything we do should be worship. Everything. When Nick brings the table up here for pastor week after week after week, that's worship. When you get here on time, that's worship. When you come, even though you don't feel like it that morning, that's worship. When you serve in any capacity, working with our kids, it's all worship. It's all worship. When you're walking around up here with a camera, it's worship. When you spend hours and hours and hours setting up the technology and doing test runs, which you don't see, it's all behind the scenes and all the techs that work on those things. It's all pure worship to God. If, and only if, our hearts are right. If our attitude is right, if our perspective is correct. Everything becomes worship. You know, everything becomes part of our longing to hear those words when we stand before Christ. Well done, good and faithful servant. In John chapter 15, verse 14, Jesus calls his disciples friends. And in John 14, 15, he identifies who his friends are. He says, if you love me, obey my commands. Friends, ask yourself, do you really love him? Do you really love him? There's a lot of people that say they believe in God. But if, you, if they look at their lives or you look at their lives, you have to wonder because you don't see much obedience going on. If you love me, Obey my commands. He said you love him only to the degree we obey. What are his commands? Look into the word. We know there's ten big ones, but there's many more, aren't there? But they're all caught up in those two things. Love God and love your neighbor in him. Love God. And the second one is like it or even part of it. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Everything. Taking your family to lunch after service, doing the laundry, teaching your grandkids or your children to do the laundry or to fish or to ride a bike or to fix a flat tire on a bike or how to sweep the kitchen floor or sweeping the kitchen floor. I saw one of our grandkids this week sweeping the kitchen floor with a stinky attitude. <laughs> he was actually <laughs> he was sweeping. He, he, I'd, sit, I'd sit down and show you, but it'd be hard to get up. He actually was sitting on the floor, taking the broom. Oh, 
But he got the floor swept. And I said, it's a whole lot easier if you stand up. He didn't appreciate the advice. With the proper attitude. I don't think that was worship. It all became worship. But he was obedient. He swept the floor. But the hard attitude needed some uh, improvement. John 4.34, Jesus explained, even for him, listen to this, this is Jesus. My nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. Are you tired? Are you worn out? You feel you're lacking in motivation, lacking in energy? You, you feed your soul when you serve God through what you do. Life, friends, life itself comes from doing the will of God. It brings you life. I think Josh, was it Josh that said, you know, maybe you need to give up TV? If you're watching more TV than you are spending time with God and focusing on him or reading his word, whatever it is, or doing the mundane things in awareness of him with joy in your heart, your your strength is being sucked away from you. But when you do things with him and in him, practicing his presence, aware of his presence, it brings life. Spiritually, mentally, and even physically. Husbands, love your wives and you'll experience the goodness and the strength of God. Children, obey your parents. You'll feel the goodness, the strength of God. Spouses, submit to one another and you'll feel God's pleasure. When God is truly number one in our heart, there is no number two. When he's number one, everything, every act, every thought becomes pure worship. That's all I have to say this morning. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. It's almost all I have to say. I do have one more scripture. It just sums it up for us. It's from Galatians 3.17. Most of you probably know it. This is from the New King James Version, because it says it most clearly. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do all, do it all, in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Now, I always read that, do what you're doing, and then give thanks to God. But I believe it's more accurate in light of what we've been talking about this morning, Whatever we do, when we do whatever we do in word or deed, in the name of Jesus, we are giving thanks to God through our actions. Faith without corresponding action is what? Faith without works is what? Dead. You can say you believe, but do your actions reflect that? So I say to you guys, you give me great hope. We have a son in his 30s who's been in and out of Teen Challenge twice. He keeps thinking he doesn't need it. But there's hope. Thanks for giving me hope this morning. Thanks for your obedience. It's all in him. And it's for him. Friends, if we just sharpen our perspective, if we ask Holy Spirit to change our heart attitude, to change our focus, even the most difficult and disgusting tasks become pure worship, they become acts of love and devotion to God. 
There's only one great commandment, Jesus said. In every thought, in every attitude and action, love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, in all your mind. Then we will hear those words from the Master's lips that we all long to hear. Well done. Well done, good and faithful servant. Welcome home. You know, one of our values here at New Covenant is excellence. Not perfection. That's different. But excellence. So can we take just a couple moments right now to ask Holy Spirit to examine our hearts? Would you do that? And ask him. Just close your eyes for a minute. Bow your head. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you which areas of your life have been done with excellence, with God as number one, as worship to him, and which have slipped to number two or three, or maybe on no list at all. And ask him, Lord, show me how to bring that part of my life into worship into obedience, into awareness of who you are, into honoring who you are in my life, knowing that it's in you that I live and I move and I have my very existence. Let's just listen for a moment. Holy Spirit, examine our hearts. Sharpen our focus, Lord. Thank you. I want to take just a few seconds here. There may be someone here, this, maybe you've never given your life to God. Maybe he's never been number one. Or if he was, you allowed him to slip behind other things. You've allowed other things in your life to take precedence over him. If that's you this morning, with every head still bowed, would you just raise your hand and say, Lord, that's me. I need to come home. I need to put you first. I see that hand over there. Thank you. Anyone else? Anyone else? If that's you this morning, when we close the service, I really encourage you to come on up and talk with me, maybe Elder Mike. We'll, we'll pray with you this morning. We'll get that relationship straightened out, get your priority back to God first in everything. Holy Spirit, search our hearts. Search my heart. Show me, Lord, show us how we can live our entire life with you for you and in you. You are number one. You're a covenant-keeping God. Thank you, Lord. As we sang earlier, you gave it all for us. You're number one in everything. It all belongs to you. Praise God. Would you stand to your feet this morning? We have some time. It's early, I think. Yeah, it's early. We've got a good... 20 minutes. I kept it short on purpose. Can we just spend some time telling him who he is? Let's just... It's a little risky. You know, if you want to step out of your pew just as an act of obedience and worship and gratitude, you can move around. Don't clump all together in a COVID-spreading, virus-filled 
cloud, but you can spread out all over the sanctuary. Why don't you get out and just walk around and just, you know, put your mask on if you want. Uh, and just tell him who he is. And let him know through your lips and through your, your action, your willingness to move around a little bit. He's number one. Amen? Amen. And then Pastor Scott, Elder Scott's going to come and close the service. Probably going to take a good 10, 15 minutes. So get comfortable. Start moving. Let's worship him. Amen. God bless you.